Good morning, everyone. Um, today we have two readings as usual. We have um, a reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 9, um, and then we have uh, the chapter 5 of Revelation. So we'll start with Matthew, verses 35 through to 38. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, Revelation chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of the one seated on the throne a scroll written on the inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel, angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders a lamb standing, as if it had been slaughtered, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was seated on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slaughtered and by your blood you ransomed for God saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with full voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slaughtered to receive with power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them singing, to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. For the word of the Lord. Well, it is a great uh, delight to be with you again. Thank you so much, John, for your invitation uh, this Sunday. Well, you watch the evening news, 
and the uh, newsreader says good evening and then tells you why it isn't for the next half an hour. How wonderful then to have this glorious vision of God and of Christ in Revelation chapter 5. God the Father, the one seated on the throne, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, standing like a lamb, slaughtered, but alive. This slaughtered but standing lamb taking the scroll from the right hand of God the Father. And then the four living creatures and the 24 elders falling before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, our prayers. And then the song, they sing a new song. You're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God, saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to be a kingdom and priests, serving our God, and they will reign on earth. What a majestic and magnificent and compelling vision of eternal reality. What a majestic and magnificent and compelling vision of the future of our world, the future of this universe. Not only a picture of the vision of the power of God, not only a vision of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, but even more wonderfully, a vision of a countless throng of people ransomed by the blood of Christ, saints from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. If you get depressed by the evening news, my advice is keep an open Bible on the top of your television. Open at Revelation chapter 5. Because amidst all the bad news of this age, here is some good news of our future and of eternity. And this vision is not unachievable. The church of Jesus Christ is the largest and longest lasting multicultural, multi-ethnic, multinational group of people. So there is God's vision. What is our responsibility? 
Well, our responsibility, as Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28, is to make disciples of all nations. And it is by making disciples of all nations that we play our part in this great and glorious and majestic vision being achieved. But there is, at the present time, a shortage of gospel workers around the world. There's a shortage of gospel workers in Australia. Many churches don't have ministers and won't find ministers because there are none available. We need many gospel workers to fill the gaps in Australia at the present time, let alone the future. And we need many gospel workers to fill the gaps that already exist overseas. And of the 8 billion people in the world today, 3 billion have no access to Christianity, no access to a Bible, no access to a church, no access to news about the Lord Jesus Christ. That is three in every eight people in the world. Well, we understand these shortages, don't we? There's a shortage of teachers in Australia. There's a shortage of doctors in Australia. There's a shortage of nurses in Australia. And those shortages will only be made up if more people become doctors or nurses or teachers. I've got a friend who is now in an aged care facility and she said that all the staff are overseas born and she can't actually understand what they're saying because she is deaf and their English is not Australian English. And whose responsibility is it to raise up gospel workers for our world? Whose responsibility is it to make disciples of all nations? The answer is ours, yours, and mine. When I was the principal at Ridley, our churches would often ring up and say, look, we've we finally got rid of our minister, or something like tactful <laughs> words like that, and uh, we're rather desperate for another one. Have you got anyone to recommend? Or they'd say... You know, we're, we'd like to start some youth ministry, good idea. 
have you got a spare youth minister you could send out or something like that? And I'd say, well, actually, there's quite a shortage at present, and I'm sorry, but there's a long queue and you're at the end of it, uh, and that's the back end of it, not the front end of it. <laughs> and if I was feeling particularly frivolous and adventurous, I would say, well, you've rung up to get uh, someone to do some gospel ministry. How long is it since you, as a church, have sent someone to train for gospel ministry? It's a fair question, isn't it? Why should you expect other churches to be busy meeting your needs if you're not playing your part? I don't think that that conversation was ever productive, but I, I at least felt better for having, <laughs> having said it and got it off my chest. For where will future gospel workers come from if not from our churches and our Christian organisations. Just think a future Archbishop of Melbourne is in your Sunday school. I looked at them this morning and I thought, I, which one it, I wonder which one it is. <laughs> I suspect the most mischievous. That's my, that's my hunch. Now, I'm not saying that other jobs are not important. Of course they're important. I'm particularly thankful for sewage workers because I've read enough history to know what happens when sewage banks up and it's found in public streets and thrown out of top windows of houses on those who are walking below. So if you're a sewage worker, keep doing it. Don't stop, is my advice. We need you. And uh, when I walk along the uh, pavement, I'm uh, uh, where I live in North Carlton, I'm so thankful for whoever laid the pavement because it's dead flat and I don't trip over as elderly people are prone to do. So if you're a pavement layer, keep at it. We need you. But amidst all the many needs in our world and many responsibilities, we have to undertake the many different ways in which we can love our neighbour by the daily work we do, paid or unpaid. Amidst the many ways in which we can love our neighbour in this world, here is one way. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The same problem, isn't that interesting? The same problem. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Hands up those who say the Lord's Prayer during the week and on Sundays. Actually, two Lord's Prayers. 
two prayers Jesus told his disciples to pray. One was our Father in heaven and so forth. The other Lord's Prayer, the other prayer that Jesus told his disciples to pray is this one. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. Have you ever prayed that prayer? It's a great prayer to pray. Great prayer to pray yourself in your own prayers. Great prayer to pray in your Bible study group or home group. Great prayer to pray every Sunday. A great prayer to pray with your friends. Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into your harvest. Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into your harvest. You might pray that prayer for this church. From this church, Lord, raise up laborers and send them out into your harvest. You might pray this prayer for Melbourne. Lord of the harvest, please raise up and send out many laborers into the harvest from Melbourne. You could pray this prayer for Australia, couldn't you? So we think about our responsibilities to the rest of the world. Send out laborers from Australia into your worldwide harvest. There is, as a matter of fact, a connection between the two Lord's prayers This one is, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The other Lord's prayer begins with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Which is in fact saying to God, do whatever it takes to make your name known throughout the world. Do whatever it takes to make the name of the Lord Jesus known throughout the world. And parents, if your child is thinking of becoming a gospel worker, please do not discourage them Please do not think of your investment melting away before your very eyes as they head off into badly paid ministry. There's a wonderful story of the first two 
missionaries who went out from Melbourne, from the Church Missionary Society, uh, who went off to China to bring the good news of the gospel there. Two young girls went off. Soon after they arrived, they were killed in an anti-Western kind of massacre. So their mother then decided to go to China to replace them, to continue the work. That shows some determination, doesn't it? Some forgiveness, some grace, some obedience. And what if you or somebody you know says that they're thinking that perhaps God might be raising them up as a gospel worker for his great harvest. Please listen to them patiently. Please pray for them. Please suggest to them that they might like to, uh, as they read the Bible, look for instructions about what gospel workers need to be and what kind of people they need to be and what kind of priorities they need to have and how they need to live. And encourage them to ask other people to pray for them that if God wants to open this door, he will. And if he wants to close it, then he will close it. I think one of the sad things about our lives is that we are all so pressured. Uh, we all face so many demands that it's hard to think beyond the needs of today. It's hard to think of the future, of our own personal future. Hard to find space to do that let alone to think about the future of Australia or let alone to think about the future of the world, let alone to think about God's great gospel plan for the world. Although we have more and more information, I think, we have less and less energy to think widely and broadly and in the long term about what God wants to do in this world. And yet, what God wants to do in this world is the most important thing, actually. And it is the certain future which will shape this world and which will be accomplished when the Lord Jesus returns. And what is that certain future? When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. They sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slaughtered, and by your blood you ransomed for God, saints from every tribe and language and people and nation. You made them to be a kingdom and priests serving our God, and they will reign on earth. Then I looked, 
And I heard the voice of many angels surrounding the throne and the living creatures and the elders. They numbered myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, singing with a full voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slaughtered to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that's in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour and glory and might for ever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped. That is the future. That is the future of the universe. That's our cosmic future, the future of our world. That is what God will achieve when he gathers his people from every tribe and language and people and nation around his throne to worship and adore him and to worship and adore the Lamb forever and ever. I beg of you, keep this vision at the centre of your minds and hearts to give you hope every day. Keep this vision at the centre of your minds and hearts that you may have more and more confidence in God and more and more desire to worship God and the Lamb. And keep this vision in your hearts and minds that it will shape your prayers, that you'll have a passionate desire to see this future, this certain future, fulfilled. And keep this vision in your hearts and minds that you may join in that second Lord's Prayer. Lord of the harvest, send out labourers into your harvest. Lord of the harvest, send out labourers into your harvest. And when God answers your prayer, please love and support those labourers. And please pray for them and for their work for the glory of God. Please sustain them and honour them for the lives they lead and the work they do. For God's glory.